Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 12th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is indeed our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers were the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. Uh, and as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Wow, we are live six days a week. It is Saturday. It is March the 12th. It's my daughter's birthday. Happy birthday to my daughter. And uh, wow, all kinds of interesting things are going on in the news. Let's start with a recap of yesterday's show, shall we? We had on our guest, Mr. Chris Carlson, who always says, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. We discuss all things liberty with Chris, and we talked about the truth about U.S.-funded biolabs in the Ukraine. Ben Swan, truthinmedia.com doing a phenomenal job breaking that down. Your mainstream press lied, ladies and gentlemen, said all oh, those who say there's labs in the Ukraine conspiracy theory. Not true. That's what your media said. Well, that's what your government said as well. But they both got caught lying. There's about 30 labs in the Ukraine. They have bioweapon uh, capability and research and everything else. It's direct. It's disaster. Now they're forced to admit it because they're afraid Ukraine might go in and, well, get information from the labs that we ought not let them have. What a disaster. But again, this is where your government has lost so much credibility. It's bad enough that they lie and say it does not exist when it really does. Your media, along with government, lying, saying it does not exist when it does. The separation between government and the media should be really sacred. The who, what, when, where, why of a story. The media people should be digging and getting to the bottom of this. We have many of us in the conservative realms, many of this in the many of us in the independent media independent media realm. No question. But you know what? <laughs> the media now is just basically in bed with government, doing government's bidding, helping government lie and deceive and manipulate uh, everywhere. And so the media and the government got caught lying on this. We got the truth out. They first mocked us, said we were conspiracy nuts. Now they're admitting we were right. Shame on all them. Sad part is there will be no accountability, and most Americans still don't even know it. Tucker Carlson literally asks, why is the United States funding biological labs in the Ukraine? But that's those who watch Tucker Carlson, see? The liberals and the Democrats are still going to run around and say, oh, that's been all debunked. No, 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 no. Your lies have now been debunked. Uh, fake news by your mainstream press in bed with the government has been debunked. All right. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that the politicians aren't helping either. You could have politicians who have knowledge about this that could get to the bottom of this easily for us. Where did the funding come from for these labs? Answer, well, either black op money or Congress. 
Now, Congress, do you want to admit that you funded it, or do you want to say it's black op money? And if it's black op money, where does all that black op money come from, Congress? See, you can't have it both ways, but World Affairs Brief Joel Scowls in March 4, 2022, does a brilliant job in highlighting the fact that most of the worst politicians are not even really communist or socialist. They're really globalists, ladies and gentlemen, who are using communism or communist ideologies to break down America so they can then come in on the coattails with their more deceptive form of socialism as a solution. Globalism, socialism, communism, it's all the same, but their false solution will be to still talk up freedom and your rights while they push for overwhelming regulations in what is really called Fabian socialism. You own it, but we, the government, control it. That's where we're headed in America. We also talked about the fact that Putin is not our friend. Don't be deceived by his playing to the Orthodox Christians in Russia, building new churches and feigning Christian devotion and the like. In order to gain favor with these religious people, understand, ladies and gentlemen, he's no more Christian than Barack Obama is. You got it? Look, the fact is you don't become a leader of the KGB if you're a sincere Christian. Okay? Both Putin, uh, and all the globalist leaders, they're all masters of deceit, folks. They're not telling you the truth. Okay, so Biden's wrong, Putin's wrong, uh, but don't just think anybody that's a globalist is your enemy and everybody else is your friend because all the, the Russian leader wants is his brand of globalism. It's like the Democrats and the Republicans a lot. Oh, man, I reject the Democrats, so therefore I must be a Republican. Those are the good guys, less government guys. Not. The Republicans agreed to $1.5 trillion also. See, Russia and China, ladies and gentlemen, are our mortal enemies. You have to look past the complexities of the current Ukraine-Russian intervention to see it. You got to look at the bigger picture. The building of massive armaments, ladies and gentlemen, and weapons of mass destruction, especially nuclear. These are not defensive weapons, folks, at all, right? They're not for defensive purposes. China and Russia are both waiting to strike America when they're ready. They're just not strong enough yet. They're just not ready. They haven't taken enough of our money and our technology to get it done yet. But they're working on it. They will, ladies and gentlemen, understand the fall of the Soviet Union was indeed a carefully crafted deception. The Soviet Union did not really fall apart. I mean, it did materially day to day so that they could publicly have those appearances. But none of the real dictator thug leaders of these communist nations have stepped down or gone away or, okay? You literally have Vladimir Putin, who everybody says is a Christian, but look, this guy came from the KGB. We cannot trust in the arm of flesh, folks. We cannot depend on these leaders. Oh my gosh, Barack's gonna save us. Oh my gosh, Donald's gonna save us. Oh my gosh, Putin's the man. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and don't sell your birthright for a bowl of pottage is really the kind of two phrases that come to mind here. Uh, we talked with Chris Carlson about Aesop's fables, about the fox and the grapes. The grapes were just out of reach for the fox. And when the fox couldn't get them, eventually it was like, ah, the grapes are horrible. They're probably sour anyway. Rather than acknowledging the failure of the fox, all you do is kind of uh, you know manipulate the outcome to your 
own liking. By the way, does anybody know who Aesop really was? Some say it was a real character. Some say it was just a, um, a anecdotal, figuratively per, figurative person. Um, you know, I don't know the truth. Some of the uh, interesting fables are uh, educational, thought-provoking. Oftentimes used against us, though, huh? All right. Sometimes the best answer, ladies and gentlemen, is none of the above. So whose side do you pick? Do you pick Putin, Russia's side? Do you pick the Ukrainian side? Some people are going on both sides kind of psychotic-like. I don't want to pick sides. Sometimes the best answer is none of the above, ladies and gentlemen. What I pick is the Constitution, a heavenly banner. That's a speech given and then turned into a book, a book written by uh, the late Ezra Taft Benson, a great book, The Constitution, the Heavenly Banner. That's the way I go. By the way, unless we as citizens of this nation forsake our sins, political and otherwise, and return to the fundamental principles of Christianity and of constitutional government, we will lose our political liberties, our free institutions, and will stand in jeopardy before God of losing our exaltation as well. That was a book called This Nation Shall Endure, written again by Ezra Taft Benson. Really pointing out the solutions. We've got to repent and turn to the Constitution. We've got to be a moral and a religious people. That was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live with Chris Carlson. Second hour was equally riveting, if you will. Dr. Scott Bradley with us. FreedomsRisingSun.com. His collegiate series and lifelong golden match to preserve the nation. And we talked with Dr. Scott Bradley about 10 health benefits of laughter. Yeah, children laugh over three hundred times a day on the average adults only laugh on the average at about 15 times daily how do we laugh more at what point did we as a society forget to have laughter as our companion anyway hank smith is a podcaster and a public speaker highlighted this reality and said hey we got to laugh more and we highlighted that you know laugh oftentimes is wonderful and good if it's genuine but if you're kind of a whacked out kamala harris type a Hillary Clinton type, then you laugh at the most awkward times to kind of cover up your incompetence and such. So we talked about both sides of that. Laughter is wonderful. But oftentimes when you hear those nervous laughs or those uncomfortable or those cackles that are weird, it's people who um, are in over their head. They don't know how to cope, so they <laughs> nervously laugh, right? We also talked about the deep state, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Congress. Funds $1.5 trillion in a 2,700-page spending bill, including aid for the Ukraine. Biden will sign it. Now, think about that, folks. We don't have the money for this stuff. 2,700-page bill that was put on the docket 24 hours before they expected to sign it. Nobody could have read it. Even if you divide it up between your staff... 2,700 pages. I mean, even if you had 10 people doing it, you'd have to read 270 pages each just to get it done in 24 hours. But can you really comprehend 270 pages in 24 hours? Not even close. $13.6 billion in emergency aid for the Ukraine. We are insane. Liberty Roundtable Live. Recent studies show that parents who smoke in the home 
are more likely to have children who smoke. Yes, in fact, my brother, he's 22 now, he told me and my father that's why he started smoking. One of the reasons why he started smoking is because my dad was around, you know, and he, he, my dad, they saw my dad smoking. My dad said, okay, I don't want you to smoke. I don't want you to you know, watch what I'm doing. Recent studies also show that in homes where parents don't smoke, their children usually don't smoke either. I am the way I am because my grandparents taught me what not to do. They gave me morals. They gave me belief. They gave me something to believe in. They just taught me well. I love them. <laughs> I do. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not gonna protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, $1.5 billion spending bill. They've literally thrown everything in the, uh, but the kitchen sink in there. It's out of control. I'm telling you right now. Check it out. House congressional offices will see their budgets expand 21%. Just imagine your budget being increased 21%, ladies and gentlemen. The largest increase since 1996. 106, 116, like in 25 years. But, folks, that doesn't mean it's the only expanse. It just means it's the largest expanse since then. They've been increasing their budgets over and over. I mean, just imagine being in charge of just increasing your own budget. How would you like that, Cameron? You're just like, hey, I, I think I'm going to increase my budget here. <laughs> like, what? That's what they're doing, folks. It's out of control. Now, the legislation, believe it or not, also includes... $1 billion in funding for what's called Israel's Iron Dome Defense System. Do you know about the Iron Dome Missile Defense System, ladies and gentlemen? I guess it had been held up in the Senate thanks to objections by our good buddy Rand Paul of Kentucky. But they literally put a billion dollars in there. Why are we defending Israel? Why are we on the side of the Ukraine? Why are we involved in all these foreign entanglements? I don't get it. Well, Sam, it's immoral to just sit back and do nothing when these people, poor people are being slaughtered. No, I don't like the slaughter of these people. Don't misunderstand me. But I think when we get involved, it just actually increases the slaughter. Okay, if I really thought getting involved could reduce and stop the slaughter, then I'd be for it. The problem is it doesn't reduce the slaughter. I mean, how long have we have been at war in your lifetime, ladies and gentlemen? 
I mean, I was born, what, during the Vietnam War? 1967? And we've been kind of at war, or rumors of war, or in over 130 nations, militarily speaking, virtually ever since. You think we're reducing the slaughter? What about the slaughter in our own country due to abortion? So let me get this right, uh, you know, and since Roe versus Wade, uh, not too long after the Vietnam War, right, 1973, and, uh, you literally have 60 million deaths only in America due to abortion. But yet we're going to run around the world and say we've got to prevent the slaughter there. You know, we've got to see, we're, we're crazy. We're not thinking right. These are unjust wars breaching the sovereignty of other nations, ladies and gentlemen. We have no right for any of that. By the way, the IRS is going to abuse you more if you think the economy is giving you grief right now because of gas prices and food prices and rent prices and utility, everything else, right? Well, now the IRS is going to be hiring 10,000 more goons. Yeah, 10,000 workers, they say, to help clear the backlog of over 20 million tax returns that remain unprocessed, the agency says. So let me get this right. The government also says in the same article they're not going to decrease. No, sir. They're not going to reduce or delay the time uh, in which you have to, to file. So April 15th is the filing day, right? They're not going to reduce that for you or change that or you know delay that for you. No, you got to file on time or penalties are arising. But yet they're literally 20 million tax returns behind from multiple years. Well, somebody ought to sue the IRS and say what's good for the goose is good for the gander, folks. Look, what do you mean you're 20 million uh, returns behind? I've done my part to file. There ought to be a law. There ought to be an obligation that you keep up as well. Otherwise, why don't we just as Americans just get behind as, just as much so as the IRS, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what we need to really talk about or d- drill into, right? Anyway, shame on them, ladies and gentlemen. Now... <clears throat> There's so many stories, I don't even know exactly where I had to start on some of this stuff, right? But there is so much to discuss in the news. I guess I'll start with this story, shall we? Americans are majorly stressed out. 87%. They say mental health has faltered under constant stream of crises without a break since 20. 20, 87% mental health has faltered under constant stream of crises without a break, they say. Now, then the headline uh, subtitle, if you will, says, you're not alone with that stress headache. No, sir. Feeling stressed out more than you were in 2019, they say. Makes sense, according to a new survey from the American Psychological Association. Do you think they're... Stable, or you think they've got psychological problems? What do you think, folks? They say that a COVID fatigue is on because America is now grappling with higher prices at the pump, not to mention higher prices at supermarkets, as well as gruesome images from wars overseas. Everybody's being hit with unprecedented levels of extreme stress reports NBC News. Uh, They've got the APAs, that's the American Psychological Association's 
annual stress in America poll, right? That's what they're doing annually. They want to determine how stressed we are. It was conducted by the association, that's the APA, by the Harris Poll between February 7th and February 14th. So it ended on Valentine's Day, don't you know? They surveyed more than 3,000 adults in the United States, and they found that 87% of respondents feel there's been a constant stream of crises without a break over the last two years, with 73% acknowledging they felt overwhelmed by it all. Getting more specific, ladies and gentlemen, the poll found that 87% of those surveyed said that a significant percent or source of said stress was because of a spike in prices relating to groceries, gas, and other necessary items and services due to inflation. That top factor was followed by supply chain issues, 81%. Vague or global uncertainty, 81%. Russia striking back over the Ukraine or via cycle or cyber or nuclear attack, 80%. Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, 80%. Meanwhile, stress about money is at the highest it's been since 2015. Wow. The percentages are startling, said the APA's psychologist, Lynn Bufka, clinical psychologist. They're startling in that so many people are clumped together, sharing the same stressors. Instead of usually they feel stress from a variety of factors unique to their own circumstances. But in this case, it's like being kicked while you're down. Johns Hopkins psychiatrist Dr. Kali Cyrus said, who wasn't involved with the poll poll at all, by the way. And you think about that and you go, wow. They say the financial stressors and current war in the Ukraine bearing down. On Americans, right after the exhaustion of two years of an extreme pandemic. How are people dealing with this stress, they then ask. So this poll says, hey, everybody's stressed out. 87% of Americans are stressed out, right? Everyone's dealing with this excess stress, this unrelenting stress that nobody can deal with, right? But how are people dealing with the stress? You ready? By drinking booze, man. They say nearly a quarter copped to this coping mechanism. Just drink some booze, man. Uh, Other people are just getting fat. I'm in that group. (laughs) And seeing unwanted weight fluctuations with nearly 60% saying they either dropped and or gained pounds due to the stress. There's some good news in all this, Cyrus tolls tells NPR News. She goes on and notes that while it may be harder for some than for others, and it might take some time, most people are resilient and actually recover from these temporary stressors like the ones we're facing right now. Now, let me stop you there. I want to know how this bureaucrat, (laughs) how they know this stressor is temporary. It's very feasible that we could be in a war for quite some time, right? I mean, I hope 
that these stressors are temporary. But the problem is when you go from one stressor to the next stressor to the next stressor without any break in between, when will it end? How do we know this is temporary? They're talking about the new normal. They're talking about a great reset. They're talking about all these things. And what the heck does that mean when you say it's temporary? I mean, I went for two years. It was supposed to be a 10-day, two-week lockdown. No worry. We'll get ahead of the curve, right? Go ahead and flatten the curve, and we're good. Two years later, we think, okay, we're coming out of the COVID. We're good now. Ooh, inflation. Bam. Nailed the Ooh, war with the Ukraine. Will we ever see an end? Quick pause. We'll talk about it on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. President Biden says Russian President Vladimir Putin must suffer the consequences for his war in Ukraine. The president said Russia will suffer once permanent normal trade relations are axed. Revoking PNTR for Russia is going to make it harder for Russia to do business with the United States. More than 75 million Americans across 26 states are under alert for winter weather this weekend. Most of the East Coast states affected have issued winter storm watches or warnings from West Virginia to Pennsylvania before moving through upstate New York and New England. Joe Buck is reportedly leaving Fox for ESPN. The New York Post is reporting Buck will join his longtime broadcast partner Troy Aikman in the booth at ESPN for Monday Night Football, leaving Fox after almost 30 years. Buck will also no longer call the World Series, which he has done since 1996. This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaroot. It's official. Inflation is at its highest level since the 1980s, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. What most people don't know is that it's actually much worse. Inflation may be higher now than the 1980s since the new measurements exclude food and energy. Gas prices up 58%, energy up 33%. What can you do about it? Protect yourself and your family. Only gold, silver, and other hard assets give you true protection. My friends at Tangible Investments guarantee the absolute lowest prices on precious metals. Check them out at TII1.com or call 800-300-8441. Tangible Investments has 40 years of experience and billions, that's with a B, billions in transactions. Call 800-300-8441 if you want help with gold, silver, platinum. They guarantee you the best prices plus excellent service. Call Tangible Investments now, 800-300-8441 or visit TII1.com. They also provide free verbal appraisals. U.S. soldiers continued to deploy to Europe, joining thousands already sent overseas to support NATO allies amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Pentagon has ordered roughly 12,000 total service members from various U.S. bases to Europe, with a couple of thousand more already stationed abroad, shifting to other European countries. Vice President Kamala Harris praised Romania for its ongoing work, accepting and helping refugees from Ukraine. We stand together in ensuring that we will do all that is required to put resources into the humanitarian piece of this. The Columbus police officer who shot and killed 16-year-old Makia Bryant last year has been cleared of any criminal wrongdoing, Ohio prosecutors announced. Bryant was killed in April by Columbus police officer Nicholas Reardon as she swung a knife at a young woman. Special prosecutors argued that deadly force was justified. This is USA Radio News. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is shocking. So we talked about this massive stress going on. They say it's temporary, but I say, how do they know you psychologists and psychiatrists? How do you know that? We thought the curve, to flatten the curve was temporary. Take, you know, 10 days, two weeks, no problem. We got this. Two years later, the cocoa is abusing us. Now we're finally coming out of the cocoa, but not really because they want you to believe that you got to have a vaccine still and you got to have a vaccine card. And, well, they're not going to force a vaccine passport on you because you're starting to get too um, desensitized to where you don't want to do that, people. And uh, so then they want to do a voluntary you know, vaccine pass that is already available to 220, America, 220 million Americans, just so you know. And so anyway, it goes on, right? It's just a little insane, right? Um, But uh, this is serious indeed. And I say that these psychologists and psychiatrists and all these people, ladies and gentlemen, they don't know that it's temporary because we went from that big flat in the curve then to, well, we're not really all the way out of the COVID. And in any moment, by the way, the COVID could come roaring back, don't you know? And all it would have to be is just a mutated cocoa coming on back, and boom, we'd be right back in the middle of the cocoa concern, right? Instantly, if a deadly version of deadly strain just started kind of rolling, instantly there'd be masks and lockdowns and forced vaccinations, and then go on steroids. That's available to the deep state at any time to abuse you and I even further, right? But if that's not enough, then all of a sudden you get higher inflation. You get potential war. I mean, is it going to be World War Three? Huh. <laughs> That's what Joe's kind of saying. Oh, man, it might be World War III if we don't back off a little bit. We'll talk about that later in the broadcast. But, ladies and gentlemen, you wonder why you're so stressed, right? I might be able to help you with this. It turns out that a torrent of $5 trillion with a T. I can't even understand what a trillion dollars is. I really, to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, can't even understand what a billion dollars is. And uh, come on, I've been at this 25 plus years and more on your radio. <laughs> and every time I say I can't understand a trillion dollars, people try to explain it to me. But that doesn't help a bit. They're like, Sam, if you stack a dollar bill, uh, you know, 20 feet high, and, you know, you, uh, there's a picture of a warehouse or something, and it's as far as you can see. Or, Sam, if you stack the dollar bills up, then go all the way to the moon or whatever they want to say, whatever. And I'll, those examples I gave you aren't accurate. I'm just illustrating to you these things don't help me understand what a trillion dollars is it just shows that it's so much it's beyond comprehension is all that it clarifies to me but what it means and paying it back and all those other realities that's where my mind goes and i challenge anybody to really get my arms around it you can't right right you can't even kind of comprehend it is what i'm saying to you Well, anyway, it turns out that a torrent of $5 trillion flooded the economy. And then they say, here's where it went. New York Times with this, by the way. Wow. They say stimulus bills approved by Congress beginning in 2020 unleashed the largest flood of federal money into the economy ever recorded. Now, do you understand the ramifications of that? And then we're surprised when inflation rears its ugly head? 
What? Yeah, I kid you not. They say roughly $5 trillion went to households, mom and pop shops, restaurants, airlines, hospitals, local governments, schools, and other institutions around the country grappling with the blow inflicted by COVID-19. Do you believe that, folks? No. I don't believe that. Right? Grappling with the blow inflicted by COVID-19. I don't think so. I think it's with the blow inflicted by government's response to COVID-19. It's not COVID-19 that required government to send out all this money or that required me to need all this supposed money. It was the shutdown of businesses by government. It was the destruction of the supply chain perpetrated by government, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not misplace this and say Congress spent a gazillion dollars more money than ever in U.S. history, more socialism, more redistribution of wealth by government, which produces nothing, by the way. Let's not pretend that's the cause. That, oh, man, it was just COVID. Government's the benefactor to help us all survive it. No, that's the lie. It's government that perpetuated uh, the abuse and the crime. They say... Economists largely credit these financial jolts with helping the U.S. economy recover more quickly than it otherwise might have from the largest downturn since the Great Depression. They say the pandemic recession, believe it or not, was the shortest on record. Lasting only really three months, they lie. They say what the money did was to basically make sure that when we could recover, reopen, if you will, people had money to spend, their credit rating wasn't ruined, they weren't evicted from their place of residence, and their kids weren't going hungry said Louise Shiner, an economist with the Brookings Institution. It's a lesson that if you don't want a recession, if you don't want to have really long-lasting bad effects, what you do is you spend a bunch of money and you prevent it. See, but this is where these economists are just absolutely ignorant of the truth, absolutely void of any intelligence. You can't prevent it, folks. All you can do is delay or manipulate it. What do I mean? Well, let's say we spend $5 trillion and the national debt leaps. Do you think you never have to pay it back? you think you can just print this money and it somehow just boom, poof, magically enters the economy and there's no repercussions to that action? Ladies and gentlemen, it creates a massive moral hazard like you have never seen before. It puts us in financial possible ruin down the line. It forces the next generation to pay for today. Do you understand that, economists? They say, yet as the anniversary of the American Rescue Plan approaches, 
And nearly two years after the fact, after the government effort began, ladies and gentlemen, the CARES Act, the full impact of the spending remains unclear, they say. That's right. What does it mean when it's unclear? Well, it means they spent the money and they don't really know what the repercussions are. You want to know how I know they don't know what the repercussions are? Because they've never spent this kind of money before ever in America's history, ever. So they don't know what the other end of that's going to look like. It's kind of like the vaccine, experimental vaccines. They have no idea on the other end the effects, the negative effects that will be had on the body. They can't because they've never had these mRNA experimental gene therapies masquerading as vaccines before. They say some of the money is yet still yet to be distributed. Yeah, you still got money coming, baby. Do you like that? I don't. Some of the aid has been criticized as wasteful or has resulted in fraud. Oh, you think? Wow. These people are just flat out ignorant, folks. Some economists, along with a lot of other Republican lawmakers, say the flood of of cash has helped fuel the inflation. So do you get it now? They're already blatantly admitting that their moral hazard that they've created is already causing problems. In other words, these problems aren't just kicked the can down the road so far you can never see it. They just spent $1.5 trillion more. That's in addition to the $5 trillion, I might add, uh, to go ahead and kick the can down the road on the economy. That'll help us keep the government open until September, they say. And you think there's going to be no repercussions? Inflation's at our door, and it can only get worse. They say, here's a snapshot of where all the money's gone so far. According to what they call the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. What the heck? A Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget is going to tell you where they belligerently spent $5 trillion. They call it a nonpartisan think tank. Hang tight. They lie. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, 
The nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. There's so much to cover in there, so much to think about, so much to be concerned about, right? No wonder people are stressed to the gills, to the max, right? No wonder people are just overwhelmed by it all. But, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the stress that we're all pointing to is really caused by the government. Okay? They want you to believe it's caused by the pandemic, pandemic. And the government's like your savior in this. Not true in my humble view, ladies and gentlemen, it's a lie. Okay? Americans are majorly stressed out, 87%. Food, inflation, uh, stability, war, COVID, everything. And they say it's temporary, but we have no evidence of that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't see that we have any evidence at all that it's temporary. In fact, I would submit to you that by design, listen, by design, ladies and gentlemen, it's not temporary, it's intentional. A torrent of $5 trillion flooded the economy. Congress unleashed the greatest amount of federal money into the economy ever recorded. Roughly $5 trillion, they say, went to households, mom-and-pop shops, restaurants, airlines, hospitals, local governments, and schools, not to mention institutions throughout the country. Wow. They say grappling with the blow inflicted by COVID-19. See, I think that's the lie. The blows inflicted by government. Let me give you kind of evidence of this. They say using government sources, the tally factors in spending, as well as loans, because that's another thing. Everybody's got how much loans, right, to your government with interest. They call it tax breaks and payment deferrals. You think tax uh, payment deferrals are going to be good? They say, all right, how much went to individuals and families in this? $1.8 trillion. Between March and July 2020, right? They call it at the height of the deadly First wave outbreak. Unemployed workers were able to get $600 per week from your government on top of what their state normally provides in, quote, jobless aids. Self-employed and big workers who would typically not qualify for unemployment benefits were also available to receive such support another big chunk of money 
went to families, they say. More than 150 million households received stimulus checks and about $62 billion was ultimately spent in that effort alone. Uh, They called it expanding the food stamp program known as the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. They also call that SNAP. Yes, SNAP, we're in debt to the gills, right? They say the nearly $2 trillion that went to help these groups help them avoid the kind of economic collapse that many had feared. And they say it aided the recovery by giving consumers money to spend on food, electronics, home furnishings, and other goods. They say it also helped prevent millions of people from falling into poverty. A University of Michigan study, they call it an analysis of Census Bureau survey data found that the largest benefits went to the poorest households and those with children. Now, in addition to complaints that Biden's stimulus money contributed to inflation, Republican lawmakers and governors blame the more generous jobless benefits for discouraging people from returning to the workforce and creating a labor shortage. You see, every time government gets involved, there's repercussions down the road that are like, whoa, wait. Several states ended the program ahead of its September 5th expiration. That was last year. And they thought that would propel people back into the workforce. A handful of studies, though, have found that the extra benefits played minor role, if any, in prolonging workers from joining back into the workforce or to the labor market is what they call it. The U.S. economy, ladies and gentlemen, has gained, they say, more than 90% of the 22 million jobs that were lost during the early weeks of the pandemic. They say businesses, 1.7 million more, Um, generally they say those with 500 employees or fewer. See, that's how they define a small business. I don't. That's a huge business, 500 employees. But in your government, it's small, right? They say sometimes all this need turned into loans, right? The government provided loans, EIDL loans and the like. The loans could be forgiven if businesses use the money. For certain expenses, essentially turning the loans into grants, if you will, right? When the program began in April 2020, it was largely considered a worker retention tool, right? But as the pandemic went on, Congress weakened those requirements, allowing companies to keep the cash even if they made deep staffing cuts. So at first it was like, well, you get all this money if you don't cut any employees, but 
Well, then, even after deep cuts, they still let you keep the money. The government also adapted its, quote, long-standing disaster program to provide low-interest loans to almost 4 million businesses, totaling $349 million, far larger than the program during the uh, program's entire 70-year history. Do you understand what I'm saying? They gave out more money during the pandemic than this loan program that's been around for a long time, this disaster loan, gave out in its 70-year history. They say because those loans will be paid back with interest, right? They say the programs that are the cost of taxpayers is far less than the programs actually lent out. Was it successful, you may ask? So far, they say the verdict is mixed. Wow. We don't even know if it's successful after we literally spent $5 trillion plus dollars. Recent analysis by the economist Michael Dalton found that every dollar in wages that it would have been lost without the Paycheck Protection Program literally cost $4.30 or $4.13 in relief money. So every dollar benefit costs literally four plus times that to even make happen. Why? Because the program wasn't narrowly targeted. Virtually every small business in the country was eligible. It benefited some companies that didn't really need the money. And loose fraud controls allowed scammers to skim off billions of dollars. But for hundreds of thousands of businesses, they say it was a life preserver. But think how many businesses failed in spite of it all, right? Mr. Dalton's research found that companies that got PPP loans had modestly higher employment and higher wages and were less likely to close than comparable businesses that didn't take the stimulus money. The smallest businesses were affected the most, and the ones that were in the highest poverty uh, rates were affected the most. State and local now, listen, $745 billion at the outset of the pandemic. Governments used the funds largely to cover what they call virus-related costs. But as the months dragged on, They found them covering unexpected shortfalls created by the pandemic. See, a lie again. The pandemic didn't create shortfalls. Government's response did. But they say including lost revenue from parking garages and museums where attendance dropped off. Why do you think attendance dropped off, folks? Because your government said you couldn't go anywhere. That's why, right? They also funded... Long-standing priorities, such as upgrading sewer systems, not to mention other infrastructure projects. K-12 schools, for example, used funds they got early on for the transition to remote learning. And they also received 
$122 billion from the American Rescue Plan that was intended to help them pay salaries, facilitate vaccinations, and update ventilating systems. Remember, because you got to have clean air, right? Their goal, of course, was to reduce the virus's spread with that money. Did it work? I don't think so. They say at least 20% was required to be spent on students to help them academically recover from the pandemic, right? Well, not all the state and local aid has been spent yet, right? The scope of the funding has been expansive to the point where it's hard to even know where the money went or track it or understand its role. For example, Utah, the state that I live in, set aside $100 million for water conservation as it is experiencing drought conditions. uh, Texas has has designated $100 million. Um, What are they going to use theirs for? I guess to the Bob Bullock Texas State Museum in Boston. $9.4 $9.4 million is where the San Antonio School District is going to increase compensation for teachers, increasing what they call staff compensation, given all permanent full-time employees a 2% pay raise and lifting minimum wages to 16 an hour. Anyway, the story just goes on and on and on. Several states have used up their whole share of the money so far even as the stress points say they're still in need. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just absolute insanity. And I bring it up, and then they say, oh, Sam, you don't understand economics. And my response is, they're blatantly admitting to you, ladies and gentlemen, that they don't understand what the repercussions will be either. I know this. You cannot manipulate value dishonestly and expect it to go well. There's always repercussions you haven't counted on. Write that down and remember who told you first. Sad tale to tell in America, ladies and gentlemen, but because of our moral hazard, financially speaking, it's only gonna get worse. God save the Republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. This is hard hitting news. The networks refuse to use at your fingertips. This is Liberty Roundtable Live for. March 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our 202, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, we really have a big problem, right? A big problem. A big problem in America, folks. All right, let me kind of articulate what I'm saying here. 
We talked last hour in detail about three main things. Americans are majorly stressed out 87% like never before. There's been no break to the abuse, to the uh, COVID, inflation, war. It's been going on for a couple of years. They claim it's temporary, but I don't think so. I think they're just going to have climate change and everything else waiting in the wings. You're going to have stress forever, folks. But 87% are melting down. What do people primarily do? Uh, They eat a bunch of food and they drink a bunch of booze to try to lull themselves into uh, dealing with it. It's a coping coping mechanism. Uh, More increased drug abuse and use, more isolation, more family abuse. All that's gone on, but the government doesn't care. More suicide and everything else. But the government wants you to believe that the pandemic caused it, not them. I say to you that it's the government's response to all these stressors that is 90% of the problem. A torrent of $5 trillion flooded the economy, ladies and gentlemen. It went to where? Well, Congress in 2020 unleashed the biggest amount of money ever dispersed by government in the history of the country. And they say roughly $5 trillion went to families, households, mom and pop shops, restaurants, airlines, Hospitals, local governments and schools and institutions around the country all suffering from dealing with the blow of COVID-19. But I submit to you that it's government. Why? Everybody's stressed out about inflation, right? Everybody's stressed out about fake news, right? Everybody's stressed out about your government and all they're doing. That's my opinion, right? Everybody is completely stressed out. Right? Everybody's frustrated. Everybody is freaking out and going, what do we do with all this censorship? See, I think censorship uh, and I think um, government manipulation of facts and the dishonesty about news and the lying by government getting exposed over and over and over is a huge part of this stressor. I think the response, hey, the inflation is directly related to the fact that we've ballooned our national debt it's well over 30 trillion dollars now that doesn't even count for the unfunded mandate you put that in place and it's well over 150 trillion dollars and now inflation's rearing its ugly head to where my poor daughter she doesn't make a lot of money but she's trying to put gas in her car and she can't even fill her tank up all the way well because what normally cost her 25 30 bucks to fill her tank is you know 25 bucks used to fill the tank now it's 40 bucks and the tank's not full And she's just like, I don't make enough money to fill my whole tank. This is the kind of stuff people are really facing, really experiencing, ladies and gentlemen. All right. But I submit to you that the stressors relate much more than COVID or war or anything else. Primarily, the stress, in my view, is related to government, uh, in my opinion, getting involved where they ought not. Okay, government didn't melt down, or society didn't melt down because of the pandemic. Society melted down because of the government's response to the pandemic. Shut all businesses down. Force people to lose your job or take the jab. Oh, we find out the jab doesn't really work, and it's very experimental, and it, um, well, causes all kinds of harm. We're so sorry about that. But, okay, this kind of stress, when you start messing with people's bodies and their health, they get very, very concerned quickly. But to pretend this isn't related is dishonesty big time. At every turn, it's completely dishonest, right? All right, well, now, sadly, 
we come to the truth, folks. You ready? Okay, you believed that Google was an evil search engine for a long time, right? And you said, hey, we got to do something different. Let's all go to DuckDuckGo. But now the headline reads, DuckDuckGo draws anger from the far right. Yep. They say the backlash underscores the difficulty that some technologies face in limiting the spread of Russian propaganda. They say far-right influencers. See, you can tell by the article written in the New York Times right now the way they're going about this. They're wanting you to believe somehow that, man, it's the far-right folks. Or maybe this wasn't the New York Times. I'm sorry. Um, but everybody's got stories on this, right? But they say far-right influencers have often encouraged people to use the private search engine DuckDuckGo. Well, listen, far-right already tells you they've got an agenda. It's the rest of the world and then the far-right extremists. They're probably racist too, right? They want you to believe the far-right folks that, you know, using DuckDuckGo is better than Google. Saying that the giant search engine, that means Google censored conservative ideas. There's basically a movie about that called The Creepy Line, folks, if you want to dig into that. The claims by conservatives on Google being creepy and whacked out and censoring us is all true. YouTube taking everybody down. Instagram taking everybody down. Facebook controlling and taking everybody down. Twitter, all these big tech companies are doing it, right? But the support for DuckDuckGo turned to outrage last week. After the company said, quote, Russian disinformation will be minimized on its site. DuckDuckGo's chief executive, Gabriel Weinberg, tweeted on Thursday that the search engine would rank websites associated with disinformation lower than its normal search results. The CEO continued and said, like so many others, I am sickened by Russian invasion of the Ukraine and the gigantic humanitarian crisis that it continues to create. That's what he wrote. DuckDuckGo, though, I don't know if you know this, but you're learning every day, right? DuckDuckGo has little control over its own search results. Why? Well, I don't know if you know this, but the search results on DuckDuckGo are actually provided by Microsoft's Bing. That's right. So when you go to DuckDuckGo, you're really using Bing, which announced that it would follow the European Union's order to restrict access to the Russian state news agencies such as Russia Today and Sputnik. But the criticism from the far right continues to attack DuckDuckGo. The conservative website Breitbart said that DuckDuckGo was uh, adopting the censorship policies of big tech and attacking social media channels that are into, quote, conspiracy theories. Users vowed to switch to alternatives now that they realize all this. To the Russian search engine... Uh, what's it called? Yandex. Okay. The hashtag DuckDuckGone trended across Twitter in the United States on Friday. 
and on YouTube um, users criticized the company for, quote, silencing voices. If you're using DuckDuckGo, I I suggest you stop using it and switch to something else, said, and I don't know how to say this name, Tara Warwick, a self-described libertarian YouTube users who has nearly a half a million followers. I want tens of thousands of people to stop using it. Um, anyway, the vice president for DuckDuckGo basically said that the affected sites were engaged in active disinformation campaigns, meaning they were similar to already other low-quality websites by search algorithms. It's not censorship. It's just search rankings, he said. Yeah, the problem is it underscores the clash that companies are experiencing when they try to reject the spread of Russian propaganda, they say. That's at a time when pockets of America support the Kremlin and believe big tech companies are censoring their views. Last month, the New York Times reported that search results on DuckDuckGo and Bing, believe it or not, Well, they blocked more trustworthy websites than Google itself did. DuckDuckGo controls about 3% of the search engine market in the United States. The country doesn't track its users, or the company doesn't track its users. That's why people kind of like it, right? There you have it. DuckDuckGo has little control over its search results because it relies on Bing for its search results. Now, companies are getting rid of that Yandex um, service that I mentioned as well. Not by choice, but because I don't know if you know, but the underlying search engines that DuckDuckGo and most alternative search engines use are really nothing more than a rebranding of, say, Bing or Yandex. Or Google itself. Hang tight. I've got more. I am Sam Bushman. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. 
That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So most people are experiencing stress, majorly stressed out, 87%. And I submit to you this is not about to let up. It's going to exponentially increase from a torrent of $5 trillion flooding into the economy by government, creating massive inflation, us unprecedented government handout of money. But now it turns out that DuckDuckGo draws anger from what they call far right. DuckDuckGo, believe it or not, has little control over its search results. Why? Because they're provided by Microsoft's Bing. So you've gone from uh, let's jettison Google to let's back Microsoft, right? But now it gets worse because Moscow tells the United Nations that the U.S. is funding bioweapons in the Ukraine. Of course, the American ambassador fires back at what they call Russian disinformation the whole article's on WND.com, Art Moore with the piece. But ladies and gentlemen, we already documented on the broadcast yesterday with Ben Swan uh, and with many other sources that, you know what, the government of the United States lied and said we didn't have labs in the Ukraine. Turned out we did. Now it turns out there's 30 of them. Even Tucker Carlson wisely asking, why the heck are we funding uh, these bio labs in the Ukraine in the first place? Now, Thomas Greenfield for the United States stated emphatically that Ukraine does not have a, have a biological weapons program. There are no Ukrainian bioweapons labs by the United States, not near Russia's border or anywhere, she said. Huh. That's a lie. Moscow, she added, has a track record of falsely accusing other countries of the very things that Russia itself is perpetrating. Oh, the United States doesn't have that. Now, do they? See, this is where, in my opinion, she's lying and getting caught at it. The more they say that, the worse it looks for them as government lies. They lied about the pandemic. They told you it came from a wet, you know, uh, market or whatever. Oh, no, now it came from a lab. We knew that. We just didn't tell you. Oh, from the CDC, we didn't really... mm, release all the information about vaccines because we didn't want you to draw the wrong conclusion lies, right? But ladies and gentlemen, on Tuesday, U.S. Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs, a lady by the name of uh, Victoria Muland, uh, in a Senate hearing, was asked whether Ukraine had chemical or biological weapons. Is Russia lying about the bioweapons in the Ukraine, she was asked? Right? She gave a guarded answer in which she neither denied or confirmed 
Ukraine, Newland began, speaking slowly and deliberately said, yes, they have biological research facilities, which in fact we are now quite concerned that Russian troops, Russian forces might be seeking to gain. Yeah, gain control of. Nolan said we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of, any of those research materials from falling into the hands of Russian forces as they approach. Now, the State Department later described those labs as Soviet-era facilities that the U.S. has helped the Ukraine convert to the research of infectious diseases. Stephen Hatfield, or Hatfill, yeah, Hatfill, a former pandemic advisor to the Trump administration, doesn't believe that the labs in the Ukraine have been working on bioweapons. He told Steve Bannon on the War Room program that the labs are not, quote, high containment, but rather institutions open to inspection based on public health. Well, Here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the problem. Are you ready? Let me be very clear. They first told you we didn't have labs there. Now they say, well, we do have labs there. They're just not for what you're thinking they're for. for. It's the old Soviets, you know, that had the labs. And by golly, we got control of the labs. Now they're doing good, right stuff, don't you know? See, do you buy that, folks? See, I don't. I don't buy that the good guys, Americans, came in and solved the problem. I think the Russians are evil. I think the Ukrainians are evil. But I also think that our government is evil. And that, yes, there's propaganda by Russia. There's propaganda by the Ukraine. There's propaganda by the United States of America, too. Don't fool yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think we're the good guys. Let me give you an example to prove the point. Dr. Robert Malone, he's the guy one of the inventors of the mRNA technology, right? That was later used in the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. He's the guy that says, hey, don't give your kids these vaccines. I wouldn't do it. The risk-reward analysis isn't worth it. We don't know what these vaccines will do. Don't do it. He's traditionally been for vaccines. But the second he said that, then they're jettisoning him and saying he's not credible and they're destroying his character, right? Why would we do that in America if we're for the truth, see? But he, on his Substack page, chimed in. He weighed in on the lab issue. Now, this guy, Robert Malone, in addition to being a physician, a vaccinologist, I don't know what that is, a virologist, why don't you look that up, uh, Cameron, can you for me? What's a vaccinologist? Oh, vaccinologist, I guess is how you say it. I'm sorry. Look at that word and you go, what? Oh, a vaccinologist. I didn't know we had vaccinologists. Did you? He's a virologist and also he's a molecular biologist. He has also worked in biodefense and medical countermeasure development for decades. And his experiments, I'm sorry, and his experience in working on infectious disease outbreaks with scientists at the U.S. Army Medical Institute and the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, all right, Malone quoted an unnamed colleague 
familiar with the Ukraine biolabs and said that they fulfill a vital mission in global surveillance of emerging infectious diseases. There are no micronizers, spray dryers, aerosol test chambers, particle size counters, etc., needed for biowarfare research and aerosol stabilized testing, the colleague said. Malone said that assuming best intention, his current working hypothesis is that the United States partnered with the government of the Ukraine to at a minimum of support for storage and monitoring of infectious bioagents and toxins by researchers in the Ukraine. And there seems to have been some personnel training and facilities in uh, engineering involved with this. But he believes the Department of the DOD, Department of Defense of the United States, and the government of the Ukraine was ill-advised, providing military cover for these actions. He advises the Defense Department to turn over information for inspection to congressional investigators. You think congressional investigators are going to tell you the truth there? Yeah, they want to turn that over to the general public to dispel uh, tension uh, and dispel concern and reduce tension, I guess. But folks, the Ukraine handling especially dangerous pathogens? Yeah, they had a deleted web article showing that Barack Obama helped secure an agreement when he was the U.S. senator that led to the construction of biolabs handling especially dangerous pathogens in the Ukraine. A level three bioweapons lab, it's called a safety lab, was opened in the Ukrainian city of Odessa in 2010. So we built it, we opened it, we created it with Barack Obama's help. This isn't something where, hey, it's a Soviet-era lab and we tried to clean it up and use it for the good purposes. That's a lie. A report one year later on this same topic by the U.S. National Academy of Sciences Committee on Anticipating Biosecurity Challenges. Yeah. They say the Odessa Laboratory that was just created by Barack Obama a year ago was responsible for the identification of a specifically dangerous biological pathogen. This laboratory was, quote, reconstructed and technically updated to the BSL-3 level through a cooperative agreement between the United States Department of Defense and Ukraine that all started in 2005. They say the collaboration focuses on the prevention of the spread of technologies pathogens and knowledge that could be used to the development of biological weapons. Hang tight. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News. President Biden says the second the United States sends in any sort of American forces to fight in Ukraine, it could be the start of World War III. Speaking to House Democrats in Philadelphia on Friday, the president said the United States has a vital obligation to defend other NATO countries. Granted, if we respond, it is World War III, but we have a sacred obligation on NATO territory, a sacred obligation, Article 5. Meanwhile, U.S. soldiers continued to deploy to Europe. The Pentagon has ordered roughly 12,000 total service members from various U.S. bases to Europe, with a couple of thousand more already stationed abroad, shifting to other European countries. The Columbus police officer who shot and killed 16-year-old Makia Bryant last year has been cleared of any criminal wrongdoing, Ohio prosecutors announced. Bryant was killed in April by Columbus police officer Nicholas Reardon. Special prosecutors argued that deadly force was justified. This is USA Radio News. How does balance of nature help your body? Well, let's look at the science. Your body is made up of billions of cells. Each one of these cells has a specific job to do inside of your body, from carrying oxygen from your lungs to your brain, to fending off diseases and other foreign invaders. So how do you keep these all-important cells healthy? You have to feed them fruits and vegetables. Eating a diet rich in a wide variety of fruits and vegetables will give you all of the necessary nutrients your cells need to carry out their jobs. Balance of Nature provides your body with this wide range of nutrients in the easiest way possible. You don't have to worry about buying, storing, or preparing produce every day. All the nutrition fits easily into your hand. Trust the science and start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and be sure to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code USA. A trial date has been set for the man accused of driving through a Wisconsin Christmas parade. Daryl Brooks Jr., the man accused of driving through a Christmas parade deliberately and killing six people in Wisconsin, will go to trial in October. Brooks Jr. appearing in court on Friday where a judge ruled his trial will start October 3rd. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. The Salvation Army faces three federal lawsuits accusing it of exploiting marginalized people under the guise of offering therapy by paying as little as a dollar a week for full-time work. The suits filed this week in Georgia, Illinois, and New York accuse the organization of flouting federal wage laws in its adult rehabilitation centers by paying less than the federal minimum hourly wage. The Major League Baseball lockout is over after 99 days, the second longest work stoppage in baseball history. The owners and players have reached a deal for a new five-year collective bargaining agreement. Opening day of the regular season is now scheduled for April 7th. This is USA Radio News. You're live, ladies and gentlemen. So the battle is between Russia and the United States. And what they want you to believe is that, man, the United States is the good guy and Russia is the bad guy. And Russian propaganda has just got to stop. Shame on Russia for invading Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not backing or defending Russia. Uh, but I'm also not going to back or defend the United States either. Look, which is worse, NATO or Russia? NATO or China? NATO or or North Korea. See, I don't trust any of them. Why? Because they've all been engaged in wars and rumors of wars forever. We are the most hegemonious nation waging war around the world. We're in over 130 nations, militarily speaking, right now. And we run around and act like we're the peace guy. 
than Barack Obama's warning of World War III going, oh, we got to back away from this or else, hey, if we have a, uh, um, you know, NATO on one side and Russia on the other, by golly, it'll be World War III. Wow, that's a real build of confidence there, Joe. Why don't you keep your mouth shut? Whatever you say is just making it worse. You don't run around and go, we're on the verge of World War III, publicly stating that as the president of the free world, the commander-in-chief of the biggest military in the world. Have you lost your mind, sir? This is what I'm talking about. But look, can you trust your government? Do we trust the United States over Russia? I don't trust either of them. I'm not going to double down and defend Russia. I don't trust either of them. But I don't believe that the propaganda from the United States is, is less than the propaganda from Russia, do you? I think they're all involved in propaganda. Well, here's the proof. Joseph McCullough now. The truth is coming out about COVID deaths. They lied to us for two years. Well, welcome to today's talk. It's Thursday, Listen the 20th of January. Now, there's been an awful lot of debate about deaths in this pandemic. And there's a new Freedom of Information request release from the United Kingdom that shows the number of deaths actually solely attributable to COVID may be way lower than anyone had thought. And if this data applies to the UK, I'm sure it applies to the United States, Canada, European countries, or all the other sort of what we might call advanced economy countries, it will also apply to our... See, there you have it. What are the death numbers? We don't know. We don't have any idea. The numbers, ladies and gentlemen, we have no idea what the numbers are. Right? COVID deaths. What is the truth? Right? You look at that and you go, okay. So now what if I type into, say, duck, duck, go. All right? Number of COVID deaths. Right? DuckDuckGo, number of COVID deaths. Now, just so you know, when I dub it into DuckDuckGo, it's going to go to Bing, get the results, and bring them back to me there privately, right? Well, whether it's really private or not, we don't even know either. Okay? Then they have USA deaths by state facts. USAFacts.org. In the United States, there were 53,000. Anyway, then they go on. COVID live coronavirus statistics, Worldometer. CDC COVID data tracker. COVID in the U.S. latest maps. COVID-19 forecast, CDC. Deaths, U.S. map shows number of fatalities. Mortality analysis, John Hopkins University. Claims that COVID death figures are inflated. True number of COVID deaths in the United States. Slightly undercounted, say the experts. And that's really all. There's nothing really talking about this debate. Right? But, wait a minute. Some are saying that the numbers are way higher. Right? Some are saying that the numbers are even higher. Uh, now, I'll give you an example. 
There's an article in The Blaze right now. That's Glenn Beck's group, right? Here's what it says. Listen carefully to what this really says, because this is fascinating. Again, the numbers are all over the map to where you don't know really what to believe at all. All right. March 10th. Breaking story. Breaking. Massachusetts Health Department admits significant overcount of COVID-19 deaths. And the number could still be much too high, they say. What do you think of that? The Massachusetts Department of Health announced this week that it would be tweaking its health tracking methodology after the approach led to a significant overcounting, they say, in COVID-19 deaths in the state. What? Yeah. What do you think of that, folks? Massachusetts Health Department admits significant overcount, and they're going to redo their whole methodology. What do you think of that? Now, remember, that's the United States that told us, hey, you know what? Russia's involved in propaganda. But now we find out the truth is coming out about COVID deaths. Joseph Mercola, Massachusetts Health Department, admits significant overcount of COVID deaths. And even after they recount, they say the numbers might be way too high. What is going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. You can't trust government at all. Whether it be the Russian government, the Chinese government, the Ukrainian government, the United States government, or the NATO alliances of government. You can't trust any of these people. Right? That's what's going on. You can't trust any of these people. They're all involved in absolute blatant Flat out, in your face, lying, fake news, propaganda. And if you try to go ahead and speak out on it, you're attacked and relentlessly shut down. Right? All right, now Matt Staver of Liberty Council doubles down with some scary information as well. You ready? Are you sure you're ready? All right, let's do it. Here's Matt Staver, Liberty Council. In my opinion, this group is above reproach. The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has now been forced to finally release documentation on the adverse reactions caused by the COVID shots. Did you hear me? The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has been forced to finally release information regarding the adverse reactions caused by the COVID shots. Yeah, this is shocking, I know. The Biden administration, ladies and gentlemen, has known all along 
that the COVID shots are dangerous. But instead of stopping the jabs, the Biden administration went on a billion-dollar propaganda campaign paying major and minor news organizations to literally lie, to censor medical truth, if you will. All right, read on to understand what Liberty Council has discovered in court cases. Stop the shot mandates and vaccine passports before the jabs can injure more people. You need to fax your state and your federal leaders now. Think about this. They say Sam's censorship and propaganda have been hallmarks of the Biden administration, haven't they? Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, if there's any benefit to this dishonesty is there's a myriad of paper trails that lead us back to the facts despite the administration's obfuscation tactics. Now, what that means is intentional peddling of fake news is what it means, right? It's exactly what it means. Wow. This past January, a Texas court ordered the FDA to produce the documents that it relied upon to license the Pfizer shots so the public could make an informed consent. Yeah, such an action seems reasonable, right? But the Biden administration wanted to wait 75 years to be forced to release that. But thank heavens the judge said no. You're going to release it now. We'll talk about the results in seconds on your radio. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. If the COVID-19 shot is safe and effective, then why are 20% of healthcare workers refusing to get it? If the COVID-19 injection is safe and effective, then why is big tech silencing anyone who opposes it? If the COVID injection is safe and effective, then why is our federal government's reporting system recording over 14,000 deaths from the vaccine and an additional 650,000 plus serious adverse reactions. If the COVID shot is safe and effective, then why did Dr. Gert Vandenbosch, recognized as one of the world's chief vaccine experts, risk his entire career and his reputation to plead with the medical community to immediately halt all COVID-19 vaccinations, calling mass COVID vaccinations an uncontrollable monster? Doesn't sound very safe and effective. Maybe it's time to call a spade a spade. At no time in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys. 
paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. We're talking about this incredible release of information, ladies and gentlemen. The FDA has been finally forced to release documentation on the adverse reactions caused by COVID shots. The Biden administration wanted us to wait 75 years for the information. Yeah, before they released the data to the American people. But you know what? But the judge refused... And now the FDA must release tens of thousands of pages each month. Think about that. Now we know why the FDA wanted to spread the release of documents for more than 75 years, right? U.S. District Judge, his name is Mark Pittman. Okay? That's the judge here, and good for the judge. But U.S. District Judge Mark Pittman was having none of the administration's foot dragging on this. The judge ordered the administration to begin producing the documents at once at a rate of 55,000 pages every 30 days beginning March 1st, which means they've already, they're already being forced to do it. Liberty Council, believe it or not, our good friends Matt Staver and crew at LC.org got a copy of these 55,000 first pages, right? Think about that. 55,000 pages in the first data dump. They say that the data is astounding and deeply troubling. The Pfizer documentation, for example, ladies and gentlemen, lists 1,291 known serious side effects. Did you hear me? We're not talking about individual cases. We're talking about 1,291 known serious side effects to the vaccines including, but not limited to, acute kidney injury. Ouch. Acute flaccid mellitus. Anti-sperm antibody. Positive brainstem embolism. So now we know it affects your brainstem. We know it affects your uh, sperm as a male. I thought they said it didn't tamper with the procreative power. Brainstem thrombosis, cardiac arrest, cardiac failure, cardiac ventricular thrombosis, cardiogenic shock, or cardiogenic shock, central nervous system vasculitis, neonatal deep vein thrombosis. Encephalitis, brainstem encephalitis, hemorrhagic frontal lobal epilepsy, foaming of the mouth, epileptic psychosis, 
facial paralysis. I got that. Fetal distress syndrome. Gastrointestinal amyloidosis. Generalized tonic, conic, tonic, colonic seizure. Hosomosho encephalopathy. Wow. I can't even go on. It just goes on and on and on to where you can't even understand, but a thousand other medical conditions following vaccination. And they've known this all along. Stop the shots before more people can be harmed. Now, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, also recently admitted that it withheld critical information because the agency thought it would be misinterpreted. Now, do they have the right to withhold information from us because they thought it would be misinterpreted? Is that a government right to do that? Do they have the authority? I think about that and I go, wow. Now, bring this back to our discussion a minute ago about Russia propaganda. And now the CDC withheld critical COVID-19 data from the public because the agency thought that it would be misinterpreted and cause vaccine hesitancy. Since the data weakens the case for shots. Wait. The data weakens the case for shots. And the government's literally been withholding this information. Now we know why the FDA wanted to lie about this and do all this. Now we know why the CDC wanted to. The CDC has been collecting detailed data on COVID-19 infections. And they've organized it by age, listen, race, and vaccination status. They have all this data. However, the CDC withheld information about breakthrough cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, which it has been collecting since the beginning of the COVID shot rollout. Can you believe that? Think about that, folks. The data reveals, ladies and gentlemen, that the shots are not effective in preventing infection. Wow. Meanwhile, the Biden administration has continued and is continuing its billion-dollar-plus propaganda campaign pushing the unsafe jabs, the lies. People have been injured and have died because of the most expensive propaganda campaign in U.S. history. The news media has participated and fed propaganda instead of truth to the American public. Sadly, the Biden administration has literally used our U.S. taxpayer dollars to fund and perpetuate these intentional falsehoods think about that liberty council is fighting for freedom on multiple fronts considering a recurring gift to help them by the way lc.org matt staver founder and chairman 
uh, of Liberty Council, in my opinion, doing a phenomenal job with their honest reporting. But here's the problem. You ready for the problem? FDA is going to still get all the news coverage. Liberty Council is going to be painted as a wacko nut group. Right? Isn't that what happens when we deal with these buffoons? We get shut down as if we're peddling propaganda, but the truth is the government is funded by Joe with our tax dollars. While DuckDuckGo literally doubles down and DuckDuckGo doesn't even have its own search results or its own real search engine. It depends on Microsoft. Moscow then tells the U.N., hey, you know what? The U.S. is funding these bioweapons labs in the Ukraine. And now it turns out we say, no, Russia's lying. But now the truth comes out about COVID deaths. Joseph Mercola, who has had his character absolutely assassinated over his truth-telling status. Now Massachusetts Health Department literally blatantly admits that a significant overcount of the COVID-19 deaths occurred. And the number could be much too high still, the Blaze.com reports. And now the FDA has been forced to finally admit and release, admit to and release documentation on the adverse reactions by COVID shots. The Biden administration wanted to wait 75 years before releasing this data to the American public. But you know what? The judge said, no, we're going to release it now. We're not going to wait 75 years. You're doing 55,000 pages every 30 days till it's all released. Now we know why the FDA wanted to spread out this release because you know what? It is damaging. The data completely undermines the narrative of safe and effective when it comes to the vaccines. U.S. District Judge Mark, Pitt, Mark Pittman yeah, just said, you've got to do this. Wow. CDC had to admit, along with the FDA, that they lied and withheld information from the public. The agency thought it would be misinterpreted. But the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, they've lied to you on this stuff. Right? They've lied to you and got caught lying and funding an intentional propaganda campaign. And now they want you to believe, hey, Russia's lying. Trust us. Right? Trust us. We'll tell you the truth. Right? I'm writing, please support Matt Staver. Founder and Chairman of Liberty Council, LC.org. Why am I writing that? Because they're the ones that have pushed. They're the ones that have really worked to get this information released and then to report candidly about it. Ladies and gentlemen, there are so many side effects to these vaccines, and your government knew it all along. And the government created this literal funding of a propaganda campaign to peddle the dishonest misinformation intentionally and they knew all along that it was wrong and then guys like me stand up guys like me from the vaccine injury uh or nvic national vaccine uh, injury national nvic national vaccine um anyway the nvic shot.org is their website um and these people are literally telling the truth and they've shut us all down saying you're lying you're lying you're lying we're not going to let you peddle this fake news
But now we find deaths from vaccines. The numbers are through the roof. The VARS database, right? The VARS database death rate from COVID shows like 20 plus thousand. But experts are saying that it's 20 times that amount. Yeah. Vaccine advent vaccine advance adverse reporting system literally shows that it's out of control. They say COVID risks or COVID vaccine risks much riskier than COVID nineteen for children. All right, folks. The government's been caught. What are the people going to do about it? Are they going to let just Fauci just continue to sit there and lie with the FDC or the FCC? I'm sorry, the CDC, not the FCC. Are they just going to sit there and let Fauci lie with the CDC and the A, uh, FDA? We're going to allow the CDC and the FDA with Fauci just lie, 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 lie? Or are we going to demand accountability? Please support Matt Staver at Liberty Council. Anyway, in my opinion, just shocking information. But it's nothing different than we've told you all along. It just vindicates us and proves they're the fake news peddlers. So I believe Russia, China, North Korea, the U.S., NATO, they're all lying to you. God save the republic.